Welcome to Next CLT. Next CLT is a business development initiative that focuses on strengthening companies owned by Black, Indigenous people of color in Charlotte. Hey, Christine, thank you so very much for being a part of Next CLT. Thank you for being part of this podcast. As everybody knows, Next CLT is a business accelerator which works with companies owned by black indigenous people of color. And Christine is one of those excellent companies that worked with us and went through the process of the immersive learning. And, you know, Christine, you know, you're a former local government professional. You created this company. It was called Amplify at one point, and now you call it Civility Localized. Tell us a little bit about that company and what you do. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm very excited to talk about my experience and talk about Civility Localized. You're absolutely right. I am a former local government professional, and I used to work in public affairs and community relations. And so when I started my company in 2018 in Charlotte, I knew that I wanted it to have a community focus. So we started Amplify. It was all about civic engagement and community engagement. And just this year, just in 2022, we have completely rebranded. Um, our public um, brand is now called Civility Localized. Hey, in this time of COVID, a lot of things happen to a lot of people. Hey, you know, one of the things is Next CLT didn't have face-to-face -face immersive learning. But what shifts and changes did you make along with rebranding for your company during this whole COVID time period? That's a great question. I think everything that has gone on in the past two years with the pandemic has just been so tough to get through. And so that's why when anybody makes a breakthrough, whether it be in their business or at work or even with their family, especially during this time, that should be celebrated, you know? And so I don't want to look at any of my accomplishments, you know, during this time. And I don't want to take that for granted. You know what I mean? Because so many people face a lot of hardships, um, you know, because of health, you know, and because of the response of our government. So with my company being focused on community outreach and community engagement, it actually created a lot of opportunities for me because the government needed help in getting the word out on a lot of important issues. Um, so it created a lot of opportunities for me to just kind of jump in to action, but it was in a different way. We weren't doing things in person because we had to think about, you know, health concerns and we wanted to make sure that it was the best thing for people. So we did a lot of virtual events, including listening sessions and town halls, you know, virtually using technology like Zoom and StreamYard and using social media to do live broadcasts. So it looked a lot different, you know, and one of the main things that we think about when we're doing virtual events is the digital divide. And when we talk about black and brown communities, 
they're going to be, you know, disproportionately impacted by the digital divide, you know, not having access to technology at home and not being able to participate. And so that was one of the things we definitely tried to remove the barriers for, making sure we're going where you're at hosting meetings at various times throughout the day so that more people could participate and also just making sure that we had um, translation services if we needed to reach out to people, you know, who did not speak English. Cool. So you you actually a full service organization with looking for people who have English as a second, third or fourth language, right? Um, yeah, that is one of the things that we offer is translation services. I was really lucky in being able to network with one of my colleagues. Her name is Tiara Mahoney Paulino, and she actually has a language learning platform. And so I got really lucky because she reached out to me probably in 2020, maybe even 2019. And I actually brought her on as our bilingual engagement specialist. And she she helps me reach out to the Latinx community because, you know, I have to admit, you know, I'm not in that community. And I think that hiring people and partnering with people who do things better than you, that's <laughs> that's the smartest way to go. Um, so we do have someone in-house who can do translations and can facilitate meetings in Spanish. Hey, you know, I know how important it is. I just got back from Spain uh, last week. And believe me, having somebody to translate is really a key skill. So that's uh, thanks for sharing that. Hey, as a CEO of your company, what do you wish everybody understood about your role as CEO of your company? I wish people understood that I am still figuring things out too. <laughs> you know, I think that as a CEO, I make so many decisions throughout the day, and I wish that people could understand that, yeah, even though I have the vision, right, that doesn't mean that I'm not still figuring things out. A lot of times when I get asked questions, it's not a simple yes or no. It really does take some time to think about it. Um, and so I think I've been giving myself a little bit more grace in that arena. And so I always try to communicate that to my team. You know, just because you are the leader doesn't mean you have it all figured out, <laughs> you know. And um, some of the advice that, you know, I've been given over these past couple of years, I think some of the best advice is the most simple, basic advice. Um, someone, one of my mentors reminded me recently to sleep on it. Like if you're making a big decision or if you're faced with, uh, you know, making, making a decision or doing something new, right? Sleep on it. I feel like in our world today, we're so quick to act and we don't really take time to really think about things because we have we need that instant gratification. So that's what I've been trying to do a lot more is don't have these knee jerk impulses, but like just really think about your decision making. Hey, you know, you said two really powerful things there, right? So as a CEO, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And then the other piece of that is, hey, sometimes you just need to sit still, right? So that sleep on it is sit still and then, you know, before you move. 
Hey, you know, you participated in NextCLT's Business Accelerator Initiative. What did you learn and how have you applied what you learned to your business? I think one of the things that I learned because a lot of the businesses that were in my cohort, I got to learn from them. And I realized that a lot of us are kind of going through the same thing. We're at in similar stages of our business where we're making decisions about, you know, long-term decisions. Like I have this formula down and I know that I can be successful. So what's the next step, right? And then how can I expand my team and scale and lead? And so I feel like a lot of the businesses in my cohort were going through the same thing. So one of the things that I learned from them is really about leadership. I feel like our whole conversation today is going to be about leadership because that is definitely one of the things that I took away from being in this uh, cohort um, with NextCLT is, you know, we're all kind of going through the same thing in terms of good hiring practices, how to hire the right people, thinking about our operations and making sure that, you know, we have that buffer in between the CEO and the team so that you can create a smoother operation, you know, in your business. So that's definitely one of the things that I picked up is um, creating operations in your in your business And also, y'all connected us with resources for um, getting access to financing and access to loans and just really empowering us to think about those long-term strategies. And don't be afraid. You know, if you have this hiring plan and you know you need more people in order to grow, don't be afraid to reach out, you know, for financing and see if you can apply that to your business. So. I learned about that. So my my biggest lesson was definitely around leadership, you know, operations and like don't don't be afraid and 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 be bold, you know, when you're when you're talking about um the next steps in your business. Thanks for sharing that. You know, NextCLT strives to make sure that the companies within our cohort actually are able to learn and apply those skills right away and so thanks for sharing that. If you think about your organization and just you as you think of yourself as a leader, the CEO of your company, the key brand initiator of your company. What's one initiative on your whiteboard that wasn't there 30 days ago? One of the things that I have been wanting to implement is setting up an advisory board for my business. And it doesn't have to be some big, you know, formal uh, thing. It can just be, you know, three to four people or five to six people that I talk to on a quarterly basis. And that actually is one of the things that my mentor advised that I do. Um, The mentor that you all connected me with, I got a chance to talk to her and, oh man, we have so much in common. And that's definitely one of my next steps is going to be to set up an advisory board of leaders and mentors that I've worked with in the past. I'm talking about people that, you know, I used to work with at my full-time job and people who know me since I was in college, you know, so having people who know me and my vision and where I want to go, but then also people who are in this industry, 
and can actually give me advice on, you know, government contracts and, you know, how to look forward and move forward. So that is definitely on my list. I got a ton of stuff on my list right now, but creating um, creating a small advisory board is on the list. And that advisory board. Now, you know, and you have a lot of things on your list. So when you think about that, what's been the biggest failure in the last year? And why do you think that happened? Biggest business failure. Well, I don't like to look at things as a failure, but I will look at it as an experience. (laughs) I like that. I like that. (laughs) I think one of the more disappointing experiences that I had, you know, and it was disappointing because sometimes we get bitter when we you know, lose or when we don't get our way, but it's all a learning experience. I work primarily in government contracts and we get about 90% of our business through the competitive bidding process. So competitive bidding, um, when you get, when you get a bid, Basically, they tell you everything that they want you to do. And all you have to do is write a proposal and you either get scored high or you get scored low. And so I went outside of the box this year on a couple of projects um, and just did like some uh, organic sort of pitching, pitching my services outside of the competitive bidding process. And one of the more disappointing experiences was working with a potential client who reached out to me and, you know, wanted me to put together a proposal. Uh, it was a learning plan. You know, we want we want you to teach our students about, you know, community outreach and pathways to working with the government. I was like, OK, cool. I can put together a proposal. And so the the lead process, it took about a month and a half. So about six weeks, you know, I worked on this proposal. I put everything together. I put research into it. We negotiated on price. And then when it came down to it, um, we had a great meeting, but then afterwards that potential client wrote me back and said, well, we're actually not going to move forward. And, you know, even though we had a verbal agreement, we're not going to move forward. And that really upset me, but I learned a lot from that process because I have to be very careful about the information that I share and um, kind of like protecting that information and also spending time on things that are not going to be fruitful, right? Um, so, you know, it, I, whenever you you lose or you, you didn't win or you didn't get that one, of course, it feels really upsetting, but... I feel like that is a learning experience, learning about my client generation process, right? Like the cycle, like the client cycle. If clients are going to come to me and they want a proposal, I have to set parameters around that. I can't lose time. I can't lose money. can't lose our intellectual property. Like we have to really set up some parameters around it. And so I'm going to be doing better about that <laughs> in the future. Yeah. Okay. Hey. That's real cool. So lessons learned and applying those lessons for future opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Applying those lessons for the future. Um, but also just whenever you, whenever you pitch your services, 
that is really risky. You know, you're putting yourself out there. It's very risky. But, you know, as they say, no risk, no reward. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Just shifting gears a little bit and then asking you about Next CLT itself, right? Mm-hmm. Why is Next CLT important for entrepreneurs of color in this city and county? So entrepreneurs who are black, indigenous people of color, why is Next CLT important? Well, Next CLT is so important for black and brown, you know, business owners. And really, it's just important, not even just the business owners, but also for their families, you know, and everyone in their circle. Because when you are able to develop someone and develop them into a leader and you're creating opportunities for generational wealth, that really changes an entire community. Um, I think when you have access to mentors, you have access to resources that you might otherwise never even heard of. I think that's so important. Um, And I also, I think it helps Community, communities like Charlotte, you know, Charlotte, which is growing so fast, we need training, we need support. And I, I just don't want that to go away. You know, you, you can never have too many training programs, you know, especially for small businesses um, and for entrepreneurs. So that's why I think it's important. I think you're not only going to have an impact on that one particular company, I think it's going to impact the entire community um, because I just don't think you could ever have enough of that. Thanks for that. If you can tell me, what's the biggest challenge facing your industry today? And maybe for the next three to five years? I think one of the biggest challenges is going to be staffing and workers and acquiring talent and really developing that talent. The category of business that I'm in is, you know, outreach and marketing. And so when I think about marketing and think about how the industry is changing so fast, you know, we have this digital marketing world. Um, So being able to learn how to keep up with everything, you know, when it comes to outreach consulting, staying up on the new tech, staying up on new skills. So I think the biggest challenge in my industry is similar to other industries is going to be acquiring and retaining good talent, right? Just keeping good people working with you. Um, So that and that's one of the things that I'm dealing with now, you know, um, next CLT really helped me to develop my hiring plan. And I was able to hire two part-time staff members. um, So I put them on a six-month contract. But I think that's one of the more challenging things is just making sure that I'm developing them um, and being able to retain them. Christine, that's so cool. Thank you so very much for taking the time to meet with me today, share your insights about your business, Next CLT, and and answering the questions, just so candid. I like the fact that you looked at failure as not failure, but an experience. Hey, as we go into Juneteenth this weekend, and as we go into that whole celebration of the legacy of our ancestors who actually uh, have been business owners and have been... Mm -hmm 
owners of companies and have been creating jobs for everyone else. Mm -hmm. What is your key, uh, say, when you look at Juneteenth? I throw this in as kind of like, since we're in that celebration, what mm -hmm. do you think as being mm -hmm. an entrepreneur and helping bringing black and brown people up and helping the wealth gap? I will leave you with uh, one last quote that I think is relevant here. Um, one of my favorite quotes is, anything about us without us is not for us. So as we go into Juneteenth weekend, I just know that, you know, we need to be involved. You know, Black people need to be involved um, when it comes to our own development and our own success. So that's what I love to see. And yeah, that's, that's what I love to see. And I hope that we all have an awesome Juneteenth weekend. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Eric Lewis and Christine Edwards. Christine just left us with a profound quote. We leave it there. Thank you so very much, Christine, for taking the time to share and let us know about your organization and your company that you've actually shifted the name and your new name is, if you would say, Civility Localized. That's right. right. Civility Localized. Thank you so very much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.